But we're going to finish up Friday Feedback each week uh, in the last segment here with a prominent commentator sharing the microphone with me talking about what has been newsworthy this week. And I'm very pleased to tell you that this week we're joined by the national political editor of the Daily Telegraph, Sherry Marks, and she has had a big year that keeps getting bigger. Thanks for joining us, Sherry. Thanks for having me, Chris. Good evening. You've had such a big year because you broke the Barnaby's baby story and then you broke the leadership challenge story and then you're pregnant and uh, you must be due within a couple of months and now you've uh, announced your your new primetime show, 8 o'clock Mondays on Sky News. You must be the first woman in the history of television who's going to debut in her own show at about eight months pregnant. Congratulations. Thank you. About seven months pregnant. Well, it shows how family-friendly Sky News and News Clock is, you know, it's, it's always getting criticised, but I don't know any other television network that would, yeah, give give a woman a show when she's uh, seven months pregnant. So it, I, I think it's, um, it's very progressive of them, and I, I appreciate it as a journalist. Fantastic news. Uh, you've just been breaking stories all year. Tell us about the last week. It's all been about taxation uh, this week, uh, but we've also seen a bit of policy put out by Bill Shorten. Is there, is there a change of tactic by Bill Shorten to try and get a little bit more positive, to try and appear more prime ministerial? I think there is. I think that, look, the, the past couple of weeks until this week, Shorten was taking a lower profile. He actually took a week off and had holidays. He was letting some of the members of his uh, front bench, um, Jim Chalmers and Tanya Plibersek really do a lot of the announcements. Uh, but, but starting from now, I think Shorten is, is trying to change direction. He's trying to seize on the momentum that Labor has in the polls, not him personally, but that Labor has, to try to get a more positive, proactive agenda, populist, mainstream policies that will appeal to middle Australia. And his announcement this week of subsidising childcare for three-year-olds uh, is really the epitome of that. Yeah, look, we've already got an emailer in here saying they're looking forward to your new program, Sherry. It'll be called Sherry. It's uh, 8 o'clock Monday nights on Sky. And Anthony's wanting to know why he can't see Sky for free on free-to-air. Because, as you know, around the country now on wind networks, you can see Sky free-to-air. Sorry, can't help you, Anthony. Uh, Sky, you're going to have to subscribe if you're living in the capital cities. But uh, no doubt Angelo Frangiopoulos, who's leaving Sky but has been the, uh, the managing director all the way through, he'll be looking for a way to get the channel free to wear at some stage and whoever succeeds him will carry on that work. Now, Shari, what about the whole tax debate uh, and GST? Uh, look, I've put my head out there as a bloke saying that this was all about identity politics, this uh, so-called tampon tax thing. It was just been a nonsense, hasn't it? I mean, there's no reason to exempt it. Why, why don't we exempt toilet paper or men's shavers or brassiers? Look, I, I heard you on air tonight talking about it and I've, I've read your, your view this week. I understand where you're coming from, and I totally understand that it has become this this big issue in the past couple of years uh, because of identity politics. And you know, there's this big movement where if there's something to be outraged about, a lot of uh, women find a reason to seize on it, and you know, accuse male politicians of not doing enough. Um, but but I, I do think that you know, there were some products uh, I saw raises. Uh, didn't have the GST applied to them. That was my understanding. So it is unfair in that respect. Um, there was a, a large groundswell of support for, for people to remove it. It doesn't cost the state too much. It's about $10 million at least in New South Wales, at least, you know, every year. The hit isn't for the federal government. The hit is for the state. So I think it, it was a good move on Scott Morrison's part to put it on the agenda. 
which is yeah. what he did when he was treasurer. Yeah, um, I think politically they probably had no choice, but they want to be careful. You want to be careful about giving in to these identity politics campaigns because yeah, they'll yeah. always bowl another one up to you next time. True, but he's been very strong, you know, and gender whisper is very strong on that. So he's, he's not, you know, any sort of character to give into it. But it was, can I just actually tell you and, and your listeners, it was quite funny. I, I did the story, I did the interview with him when he said he was going to remove the tax on tampons. So, that, you know, we broke that story in the Daily Telegraph. And when I did the interview with him, you know, he was speaking about removing the GST from that category. And at the end of about a 20-minute phone conversation, he was then and you haven't used the word sanitary products or tampons once. And he, he laughed. And so the next day for, for all the media, he put Kelly O'Dwyer up because he was more comfortable talking about it. Yeah, I know how he feels. We blokes are a bit squeamish about even mentioning this topic, but I've gone out there today. I'll tell you what I want to talk about now, though, speaking about Scott Morrison is the the footage of him praying this week. We know he's a, he's a, a, a fundamentalist Christian uh, that he worships uh, regularly. Very unusual to see a vision, a videotape of a prime minister praying in this way. I've already got an email here from uh, from Emmanuel who says he's, he's seen the footage and he's heard our PM praying. And, he, mate, he says it's absolutely wonderful to see and hear a leader of our country pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I think a lot of people will agree with Emmanuel's uh, email there, but let's just have a have a listen to it and let us know what you think. Sulawesi in Indonesia this morning. And Lord, we just, we just pray for your spirit and your presence there, that you'll bring, you'll bring comfort to despair, you'll bring insight to confusion, that you'll be with President Wadodo and you'll give him what he needs to comfort his people and to see their way through this terrible, terrible crisis. We pray for your blessing on them this morning, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. He came back after that and added a prayer for uh, the farmers, people affected by drought in Australia. Let us know what you think of that. One three one eight seven three. Shari Markson. It's very important to point out that this was not a, a media release by the prime minister, if you like. This was kind of leaked out by someone who filmed this prayer meeting in Melbourne. But uh, what I think about it is someone's faith is their own business. Uh, uh, but this is authentic, isn't it? This is who Scott Morrison is, and I think a lot of people, a lot of conservatives, for sure. Uh, will be pleased that a man uh, has faith and is prepared to profess it in a public way like that. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that I do like about Scott Morrison as Prime Minister is he's very genuine, he's very authentic. If he believes something, he says it. He's, he's not trying to change who he is to fit into the mould of you know what might be popular as a Prime Minister. He's just himself. And his, his faith is very important to him. Whenever you, you interview him or, or speak to him, uh, you know, it, it, it has a, a large part in various aspects of his life. It's, it's who he is. Uh, and he's been ridiculed in sections of the media uh, and in sections of the public for his for his faith. I think that's terrific, really. Um, but, but it is genuine and it is authentic. And, and uh, you know, we see that in other areas as well. He doesn't 
have an AFL team because he doesn't have one, you know? Yeah, you don't want to pretend about these things. We know he's a Sharkies fan, but, uh, yeah, uh, he's uh, he doesn't pretend to be all over the AFL. He says it's not his game, which I think, as you say, it's the authentic way to go. We're going to take a break. Sherry Markson will still be with us after the break. I'm pretty keen to hear about her nomination for Song of the Week. One three one eight seven three. We've still got Sherry Markson from the Daily Telegraph and Sky News with us. We'll find out what her Song of the Week is in just a moment. But first up, let's find out what Eddie thinks of the Prime Minister praying. Hi, Eddie. Hi, Sherry and Chris. You know, I think we've got a real good Prime Minister here because he's not actually pushing his own agenda, as in his religion, on anybody else. And he's accepting other people for what they are, warts and all. And I think this is something that we've been looking for from our, our politicians and our people in all levels of government, to be normal people and to, to be able to say, well, OK, I can accept you for who you are, what you've done or where you've been, but together we can go through and make some changes. Good on you, Eddie. Uh, fair point. Uh, Eddie, the air calling from Collingwood Park. Uh, Carl's in Chipping Norton. Hi, Carl. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Well, he's Greek. Carl, you there? He's... Um, uh, same, same one. Uh, we'll drop Carl there. I don't think he realised we'd come to him. Uh, Sherry, there we go. We've got a sense there uh, that some people obviously welcoming uh, this uh, open faith from uh, Scott Morrison, in particular, of course, the fact that he doesn't shove it down anyone's throat. Yeah, exactly. And I think the point that Eddie made is a good one because part of the problem that people had with Turnbull wasn't that they necessarily disagreed with him. It was that they knew he wasn't being uh, himself that he wasn't, you know, being genuine, that he, he was trying to be a, a politician to appease everyone. He, he wasn't a conviction politician in the end. Uh, you know, we didn't find out. You know, he, he tried to be someone else, and it was only in his final press conference he finally said, uh, described his government as progressive. And we all went, aha, that's what you were trying to do. <laughs> exactly. You were lying, you were hiding it. Yeah, authenticity is key, and voters spot it a mile off. Now, Shari, I did ask you earlier for a nomination for the Song of the Week. Typically, there's a political message or a political hook in the song you've nominated. Here it is. There's something strange in your neighbourhood Who you going to call? Sherry Markson is nominated for the Ghostbusters song. And, Sherry, obviously this is a, a pointer to the arguments we've had from Prime Ministers, ex-Prime Ministers, and Malcolm Turnbull referring to the miserable ghosts. Yes, he called Tony Abbott and Kevin Rudd miserable ghosts uh, because he said they, they couldn't quit politics, uh, when, in fact, Turnbull's own intervention showed he couldn't quit it either. <laughs> so he would probably fit the description of a miserable ghost as well. So we need the Ghostbusters song to quieted down all of our former prime ministers. And, and actually, we probably have uh, more living prime ministers now than we ever have had in our history. We we probably have about eight, don't we? Well, we haven't heard from uh, John Howard or Bob Hawke on these issues this week, but we did hear from Kevin Rudd and from Tony Abbott and from Paul Keating. And then there's Julia Gillard around as well, who's been reasonably dignified. So you're right, there's a, there's a host of them around. <laughs> Yeah, they can join a Prime Minister's Club, but a lot of them are over in New York, um, at least 
what, three or four of them are in New York now. Yeah, I blame the United Nations. Uh, Julie Gillard's always there, Kevin Rudd's always there, and so is Malcolm Turnbull as well. The UN is the one trying to keep all these XPMs uh, in a prominent place, I suppose. How yeah. how damaging do you think it is politically, especially for the government? And, uh, of course, with the by-election in Wentworth, uh, Dave Sharma, the Liberal candidate there, w- w- would be hoping all of this sort of infighting between past and uh, former and future uh, Liberal Prime Ministers doesn't, doesn't uh, undermine the government's... Uh, kudos, the, the government standing in the community. Look, I it's, it's hard to really know, but I don't think it's going to affect Wentworth too much. I think the Wentworth has, you know, it, it, it's 18% margin. It is a pretty safe Liberal seat these days. And I think that even though Dave Sharma himself has quite um, a low profile in the community, that people aren't going to want to throw out the Morrison government. And they know that if they vote in an independent or Labor, that it'll deprive Scott Morrison of his one-seat governing majority. And, look, I just don't think this electorate is inclined to do that. But if Karen Phelps finishes second ahead of Labor and Labor are trying to run dead, she's almost certain to climb over the top of Dave Sharma on preferences, isn't she? If she finishes second, second, then, yes, she'll be in a very competitive position. But my, my sense is that, you know, that's not a certainty at this point. I mean, the Liberals are putting in... At the moment, they're, they're budgeting to spend between seven hundred and fifty dollars and $800,000 on the Wentworth campaign. Uh, they aren't... They ought to spend some of that money promoting the Labor candidate. Labor don't want to campaign there because they want to finish below Karen Phelps. Maybe the Libs ought to run some campaigns for the Labor candidate. Well, that's a good point. Labor's all but running dead. You know, they're doing the bare minimum and their poor candidate, Tim Murray, desperate to get in. He's out and about every day, um, <laughs> working very hard. And the head office just won't back him up. You know, there's been no mail out so far, no leaflets, just the very bare minimum spend. So Labor will be hoping that Karen Phelps gets up. Um, But look, the the Liberal has run a very effective campaign against her, painting her as a Labor stooge rather than a true independent. And I think that is biting as well. Shari, thanks so much for joining us. I hope you have a good weekend. And you too. Thank you, Chris. Sherry Markson there, the national political editor of the Daily Telegraph, soon to host her own show on Sky News and before the end of the year, going to become a mother for a first time. It has been a big year for Sherry Markson.